What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. We're on Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. So if you Google us, you can find us at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about the final bore. And why it wasn't hitting like y'all claim it did. And then we're also going to get into this Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese uh, buffoonery that y'all are making a big deal out of nothing. Also talk a little bit about a subject that I said earlier on earlier last year that I was not going to talk about. But it's time to go run it back. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about baseball being back. So, But first things first. Man, this is Tuesday. And usually we drop this podcast once a week, but it's usually on Mondays. But... This past Monday, I was traveling because over the weekend, me and my man Sergio, we burnt the entire tri-state area down. Uh, we went to the tri-state area, went to four out of the five boroughs in four days. So, for those who don't know, we went to Jersey for the Devils-Rangers game, which was really, really dope. Uh, then Friday, we went to Philly, caught the Philly 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers against the Toronto Raptors game. Saturday, we went to the San Francisco Giants against Yankee Stadium, opening up their seasons in Yankee Stadium, which was awesome. Never been to Yankee Stadium, and it definitely felt like I was walking into a baseball uh, museum. So it was really, really dope to do that. And then Sunday, we, uh, we we scooped up on some tickets for the Brooklyn Nets against the Utah Jazz. And it ended up being all, all the games ended up being really, really dope. So uh yeah we we did the damn thing over the weekend and made things happen and we literally burnt that thing down to the ground but um during that time there was two there was a couple of things that took place that i one was disconnected just because i was all over the spot but i noticed that well i didn't notice i i already knew because i had been saying it for the last two two to three weeks was that i told y'all women's college basketball is way better than men's and i got the numbers to show you According to the New York Times, the Women's College National Championship game, LSU versus Iowa, gained about 9.9 million viewers. Viewers, And that is an all-time high. Breaking, literally shattering the record of 5.7 million viewers. That was back in, the, back in 2002. Meaning that this record has been over 20 years old. In a day and age where more people are tuning out, cutting the cable cord, which... I, to this day, I just don't know why people are doing that, but that's neither here or there. But it goes to show me that more people are tuning into women's college basketball. You had two marquee. Here's the thing about women's college basketball that men's just don't have. Women's college basketball players have actual namesake, household names that you can be like, oh, yeah, Angel Reese. I know her. Caitlin Clark. I know her. Um, they got players that you can actually recognize. I watched. The I watched a smidgen of the men's final four. I want to say Saturday that was ooh, UConn against Miami. I think it was. I don't even know who. Do, I know. I know it was against Miami. And I watched players that I've never heard in my life. Um, I think I saw a stat that said that there are more. Junior, I think there are more 
juniors and seniors in this Final Four than they have been in like the last three or four years. And you got a couple of people that are going to graduate school. So you have like more fifth and sixth year players than you did at any other given time um, during the college and during the national tournament or NCAA tournament. Which leads me to tell me that either one, you're not you're not good enough to go to the pros, which is cool. Two, back in the day, well, maybe within the last five to seven years ago, it used to be the best basketball players under the age of 22 would be in college. That's not the case. If you actually look at, and I pulled this up as well, the NBA mock draft for this year, the top five players, out of the top five players, there's only one player that went to college. One player, and that dude has baggage, and that is Brandon Miller, which mm, I don't know. But if you're looking at it right now, you got top the top five players. You got Victor Wimbayana, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, uh, Amen Thompson, and you got another dude named Asor Thompson. I don't know if they're brothers or not. I would assume they are because they both played in the same G League uh, team. That uh, that are all in the top five, that, that that could be going top five, which leads me to tell me that this college basketball, they didn't have any stars. And I told you, people are going to tune into stars. As far as the men's side goes, the men's side drew a record low of viewers. How is that possible? I thought you all were saying college basketball is good. It's great. You know, there's parody. There's this. There's that. Bruh, y'all was sitting there glorifying a dude from Kansas State that was a junior three years ago who's 5'3". And just because he was playing in New uh, in, in Madison, either somewhere in New York City, I don't know if it was Madison Square Garden or Barclays Center. My man from Kansas State, who was undersized guard, who I guess was playing against his AAU teammate, outshined him, and they picked the other guy over Noel, and he got to get his revenge back. Bro, you you should have you been in college for sixteen years, bro. Like get it together. And then on top of that. You're probably just going to go overseas. And I'm not knocking for anybody who plays overseas, but come on, man. Get up out the paint, man, and let some of these young people go. College basketball is so much better. You can transfer. You know what that tells me? One, if your coach ain't get fired, that means that you just, you ain't got it. You ain't got it, and you try to look for the easy way out. I really don't think outside of the whole your coach getting fired, I'm not really one for this whole transfer portal because I just we're just rewarding um we're just rewarding mediocrity. And that's exactly what this was. This wasn't parody. This wasn't um good, good a good product. No, it was it was it was it was garbage. I was flying home last night and I want to say I was flying home it was during the time of the national championship game. And I think I saw maybe two people watching. And that's just a small sample, but I also traveled on Sundays when there's everybody named Mama tuned in to watching football. I've also traveled during the middle of the week when everybody named Mama going to watch some NBA basketball. I knew it was on, but I was just like, eh, I'll watch something else because I just knew it was bad. And clearly last night, I think UConn beat San Diego State by a lot. So what I'm trying to get to is that y'all get caught up so much in the moment because you guys see a game-winning shot. Give me, I'm giving y'all some more context. Game-winning shot by who? What's this guy going to do? Is he going to live in an immortality about making one of the greatest shots in Final Four history and then just get smoked in the national championship? Because that's what I'm going to remember. All he has to do that won the game, hit the game-winning shot, and they got smoked in the national championship. He did all that and got smoked. So I just don't get caught up in the moment when y'all are watching these games. Is all I'm saying. Man, he's some good players, man. They, again, outside of Brandon Miller, who has issues right now, who we don't know if he's going to get charged or not. 
for being an accomplice to a murder charge. Who in this national tournament was good? Who could the NCAA really market for them to be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the next fill in the blank. I don't know if it's John Morant. I don't know if it was a Steph Curry. I don't know if it was Zion Williamson. I don't know what I saw. But I know what the little bit small sample that I did see was a whole lot of hot, straight A, pure D, grade A, monkey manure is what I saw. Okay. You got teams that are up by double digits coming back. It's just like the NBA. I think what equivalent to a 12-point lead in college basketball is like being up by 20 points in the NBA in order for the other team to come back, which really shouldn't even really be happening like that in college basketball because at least they try to play defense. It looks like it. I don't know. It looks like they're playing defense, but I don't. It don't. It don't look good. But let's just not get caught up in this, and let's start giving these women some flowers. And when I say start giving these women some flowers, we need to talk about this LSU-Iowa game. I'm here to talk about the basketball game. Now, granted, LSU smoked <laughs> Iowa, but at least it was it was an entertaining game. You have people out here doing the John, the Tony Yayo, you can't see me gesture, or the John Cena gesture, and, and Angel 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 Reese. And you know, you had Caitlin Clark out here pulling them from half half court like she was Steph Curry or Dame, Damian Lillard. But overall, the game had the game had a story to tell. And the story was you had a team from Louisiana and a team from Iowa and they balled out you know both I I would especially say with everyone expecting South Carolina to be in the finals in the way that I want to say Iowa beat South Carolina you had you had you had some storylines you had context in the women's games but also with the women's games you can actually now start marketing these these female basketball players and, and 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 doing some things on it because one, they're staying at least until they're juniors. So that's one good thing. And two, they got character, they got charisma, they got personality, they got storylines. You know what I'm saying? Like these these females, they got they got something that they working with. I don't see that in the men's. I I, I haven't seen that whew, at least two years. It's, uh, really, really since the pandemic broke out. I mean, we haven't really seen a whole lot of great storytelling. In, in, in the men's side of college basketball, but these women, these females, they 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 killing it, man. And right now, you can easily say that Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark are the biggest. They they the big tickets in in, in all the college sports right now. Um, I'm I'm I can't think of anything really going on with college football. But if you're talking about college sports, your two biggest stars right now gotta be Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark, and they're gonna come back, I believe, next year running back. And I think they got the chick from UConn, and they got another chick on a. Uh, Kaitlyn Clark's team that's probably better than her that was out with the torn ACL. So college women, women's college basketball is in a good state. They're in good shape. They have nothing to worry about. But I'm telling you right now, the the men's side, they better figure it out real quick because people ain't rocking with it. I got a lot of slack on social media. Everyone's like, yo, e, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yes, the hell I do know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. You guys are taking everything by the moment and saying these guys are playing hard. Y'all saying that just because there wasn't no NBA on. <laughs> there was nothing else to compare it to. All right? The NIT is a joke. It used to be, yo, the NIT, you won the NIT championship in Madison Square Garden. That was just as almost prestigious, if not more of a big deal, than winning the men's national tournament. But I can't even tell you won the NIT tournament. So, take it easy. Don't get caught up in the moment. And just chill out, for the love of God. Just chill out. Just listen to your boy, man. I'm just saying, it'll, it'll make yourself... Feel a whole lot better. Because now a whole bunch of y'all are mad that y'all stayed up and watched that trash 
that you called the five men's national championship game. I didn't. I slept good. I, I had a great time, you know. But anyways, it's time for me to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. And I don't think I was able to talk about it last week because I had my man, uh, Big Sarge, on here on the show last week. And he put out a really, really good piece about uh, LeBron James and Bronny today. So if you are on Rockets Wire, make sure you check that out. I also have the link on my social. So go ahead and check that out. But he talked about um, LeBron being able to, you know, create a legacy for his son, Bronny James. But anyways, him and I, I, I was going to talk about it, but I didn't have chan- a time. A chance to, and I, I said, I believe like the second week of the NBA season, I was like, yo, man, I'm not going to talk about the Lakers because they're they're not good. And until they actually have something drastically changed with them, I'm not talking about because I'm not going to waste my time. If you all want Los Angeles Lakers content, then go follow the, the big the big people who like to regurgitate all different, all the same stupid stories over and over and over again. Go listen to them talk about how if the Lakers did fill in the blank, they'll make the playoffs. Well, they made some moves. And they look like they are pretty much a shoe and fit for a playing game at a minimum with the possibility that they can go creep up all the way to about maybe number five, even four with a little bit of luck and a little bit of help. But there's two things about the Lakers that make me a little weary. Like Anthony Davis is one fall away from just being over and we don't know how much longer this foot that LeBron James is playing on is is going to hold up as well. Those are the two big things. If you can keep them two dudes healthy and you got LeBron James being the Robin to Anthony Davis's Batman, which is kind of crazy to think about, they 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 might be cooking with something. Um cooking with something to the point where I'm not saying that it will that it, it it'll happen. But if they won if somehow they came out of the West and was in the NBA Finals, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I, I honestly wouldn't. And somehow they figured it out. Had a little bit of luck running on the side. They stayed healthy. I mean, he's AD's playing the way that he's playing. LeBron's playing the way that he's playing. You got the supporting cast with D'Angelo Russell, who is an all-star that a lot of people forget about. Um, you got Roy Hachimura. You got Vanderbilt. You got players that uh, Roy Hach- uh, Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. You got people that are out over there that can actually go. Austin Reeves has been balling. Um, they... Would not surprise me if somehow they tricked around and got into the NBA Finals. Now, do I think that's going to happen? Maybe not. But I also don't know. And this is me. I don't know if this just means that the West is just really, really deep or the West is just so volatile where you just don't know what you're getting. And I think I'm going to go with the latter of the two is just you just don't know how good is Sacramento. I think Sacramento is the best field, eh, maybe outside of the Knicks. Outside of the Knicks, I think the Sacramento Kings are probably the best feel-good story in the league this year. Um, With that being said, they are a young team. And I said this uh, two weeks ago that Sacramento does remind me of that 2015 Golden State Warriors team. However, you know, when the lights shine the brightest, will they be able to go? We don't know. The Memphis Grizzlies, they have actually, I think they've won 11 out of the last 13. Um, you see what happens when they, they actually play basketball? They actually don't play bad. They, 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 they're not. They, they're a legitimate team. All that other buffoonery stuff that they do is really off the court. But when they're on the when they're actually focusing on basketball, they're not bad, you know? So you still don't know what's going to end up happening with them in the playoffs because, I mean, when the lights shine the brightest for them, they've been missing information and never been able to show up and get bounced out of the playoffs and 
five, six games. So we don't know what's going on with them. Denver's taking somewhat of a step back, but I'm not going to hold them too much to hold their feet too much to the fire just because of um, Yokola Jokic is out with whatever it is that he's out. He hasn't played like the last three or four games. So I just named the Kings, Grizzle, and the Nuggets, where those are the top three teams. You still got Phoenix. You still got L.A. You still got the Clippers. And with Andrew Wiggins coming back, which I said a couple of weeks ago, even though Andrew Wiggins came back, I don't know how good the Warriors are going to be. But you still can't necessarily count them out. But if you got them four teams in it, you don't know. Like you, You're going to have nothing but alphabet soup. You just don't know what you're going to get. So if I'm those three top three teams and I'm looking at somebody who has the biggest holes in their cheese, it might be the Kings. Um, I think Denver has enough to go all the way to the NBA Finals. But with the injury to Joker, I, I mean, he'll be fine. Like, there's no way he's not going to be playing in the playoffs. I'd be shocked if he misses some games or there's some whatever injury that he has right now sets him back. He, he, he should be fine. But with the way the Lakers have been playing and the way that they're coming up from the rear, they're getting hot at the right moment. And being the fact that they are probably going to run back the same squad next year, then I, I think they have, they're playing with house money at this point. Everybody kind of wrote them off, including I did. And if they'd have kept that same roster earlier this season with, who was it, Russell Westbrook, Pat Beverly. I think that's all they got rid of was Pat Beverly and Russell Westbrook, and they have gotten a lot, whole lot better. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I would not be surprised if somehow the Los Angeles Lakers snuck in and somehow won the West. Like, it just, it's it's not really far-fetched. I could say the same about the Suns. I could say the same about mm, the Clippers to a certain extent and maybe even the Warriors. I got more faith in them four teams than I do with the Kings and the Grizzle. Um, I just got more faith in them boys, man. But we need to start paying attention to the Lakers. But I also don't want to jinx them by saying we need to start paying attention to them. And God forbid Anthony Davis or LeBron James gets hurt. But if Anthony Davis can still keep putting up these anywhere, if he's dropping anywhere between 32 to 35 points, averaging about 12 to 14 boards, good luck trying to stop that dude. Good luck. I'm telling you right now, Warriors ain't got no answers for him. The Kings don't really have an answer for him. The Nuggets damn sure ain't got no answer for him. Maybe Memphis, maybe Phoenix can throw different bodies in, but there's not too many teams that's going to be able to stop Anthony Davis. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Had Anthony Davis not gotten hurt with that broken foot, my man was having an MVP year, low-key. If you look at his numbers before he got hurt, he was in the talks of MVP with Joker, Freaky Greaky, and Giannis. Um, I'm sorry, Joker, Freaky Greaky, and Joel Embiid. He was in the talks. He was in the talks of becoming an MVP. Um, you, you got to look at those numbers because he was out here playing, playing out of his mind. Probably his best season ever in his career. So, if AD can continue to just rock steady, stay where he's at, not take any setbacks, um, you ain't got no choice. You have you you got to show the you got to give the Lakers day roses and, and give uh, Rob Palenka a huge shout out for for creating putting together a serviceable team. Now, on the other hand, here's here's one thing that. I got to give credit for the Lakers, even with the injury to LeBron James, even with Anthony Davis being hurt, the the Rob Lincoln, the Lakers were still able to put together a serviceable team 
where they were still able to tread water. And when they were just able to tread water and get reinforcements to come in, you know, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis coming back, they've gotten better. I don't know <laughs> what the hell is going on in Dallas. Dallas, they sat there and gave a mortgage off the, you know, everything. And, but when you mortgage off your supporting cast and you try to bring back just one mega superstar, I'm not too sure how that works. And, and, and now Dallas is in an, is in a huge conundrum now, especially at the end of the season. You know, let the, let the Dallas Mavericks not make the NBA play in. Let them get all the way out from the Western Conference Finals and getting all the way out of the play in. Ooh, I think Jason Kidd's seat done got a little bit more toastier. I think Mark Cuban going to be out here trying to rip off doors and everything else. But nobody got, there's nobody to blame on this but Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, who told your dumbass to go get number two? Like, who told you to go do that? And also, this isn't even a knock on number two because you bring number two in who's a ball-dominant player and you bring in, you got Luka there. Now you just mortgaged off Dorian Finney-Smith and some uh, Dinwiddie, who were great complimentary role players to Luka, and now you got two people that just dribble, 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 pass, dribble, 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 pass, dribble, 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 and then you ain't got nobody, and you have no shooters that surround these dudes. You got probably Luka sitting in the corner when when number two going doing this thing, and vice versa. When Luka going off, you got you got number two out here in the corner, just just you know waiting for the catch and shoot. They have no bench, they have no size. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Mark Cuban was thinking, like going big or going home. And like I said, we I can't say the Mavericks got lucky getting into the Western Conference Finals when you out here smoking the Phoenix Suns in a game seven by 50 points. That ain't luck. But also, that one skill either. I think the Mavericks trying to just caught, caught uh, Phoenix in a bad mental uh, sunken place that they may have been in, but that ain't luck. You ain't beating nobody by 50 points and calling that luck. But I also don't know how, you know, clearly the loss of Jalen Brunson is a lot more significant than we all thought, uh, including, you know, including me. I didn't, I, you know, I tell my boy Sergio all the time, I said, man, the Jalen Brunson uh, pickup to the Knicks, I said, I don't know how many more wins he's going to bring to the Knicks, but I was wrong on that. I, I didn't know he was going to bring that many wins over to them, to them, for them to get all the way into the playoffs and not in the play in. So, I was wrong about that, but I also didn't think that just by them getting rid of Jalen Brunson and then picking up Christian Wood and a couple other players here and there, that they would be this far off. So I don't know. All I know is it's going to be some interesting moves because if I'm Luka at the end of the season, I don't know if I want to stay there and keep playing with number two, man. I don't know. I don't know. And number two, he is in a conundrum as well where he can't really be going around asking for top dollar when that is now four teams that it ain't worked out with. The Cavs, Celtics, Nets, and now this. It don't look good for him, even though it's not his fault. It just... it. it that's just the way this is what happens when you have had bad behavior or bad decisions that you have chosen to do. And now, even when you are not 100 percent at fault, people are always going to remember the tracker record of when it was your fault. You know, so 
I don't know where he can go to get top dollar, but I know the Dallas Mavericks pretty much ain't got no choice but to give him top dollar. But I also don't know who else they can bring in to get help to play with them two dudes. I I don't know who you can bring in. You can't go get James Harden. He's a free agent this year. He's probably going to stay in Philly or he's probably going to go to back to Houston, which I don't think is a good idea based off of what Houston's got going on with their young talent. And they're kind of working towards the future. So he's kind of running out of options. The Lakers, all this is where I get. I, I try to give the Lakers their roses, but then Laker fans want to act like they're playing NBA 2K GM mode and just act, they, they're just unrealistic. First of all, y'all ain't got no money. Y'all ain't got no money. Don't have enough money to go get a top uh, 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 a top market free agent. So put the crack pipe down. It ain't happening unless you want to mortgage off your future again, which I'm pretty sure they don't want to do that again. Okay, I'm pretty sure they're not going to mortgage off the future again just to bring that dude in. So, Lakers fans, put the crack pipe down. That ain't happening. Um, where else could he go? He could maybe, maybe, but I don't know if Pat Riley really wants to deal with that 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 that, that juju as old as Pat Riley is. I don't know if Miami could work with Kyle Lowry being on the other side, but I don't know if Pat, I don't know if that's something Pat Riley want to deal with. And their owner is Jewish. Just saying. Just saying. Don't know how much of the how much of a big deal that is to uh, the owner of the Heat, but I don't know if he can go there too. So I don't know where his where how many more places he can run to. That's when I'm going to give him top dollar. Like maybe there's just not that many places. But I still have to say that this isn't even his fault. You can't put all the blame on him on this one because he got traded there. He thought that things were going to work, but I call this a mile away. I knew I knew that they were going to punt some games away. But meanwhile, even though if you're punting games away, my question is, granted, the Lakers picked up role players, but they all were able to fit in really, really well, including D'Angelo Russell. Like you can say D'Angelo Russell maybe in this on this Lakers squad is a quote unquote role player. But that's very it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that when he's a you know, he's an all star. He's had a, a, a steady career. It's hard for me to call him a role player, but he's missed time with injuries. But the team, the, the, the team that has been able to put things together the most has probably been the Clippers and the Lakers. So you can't tell me, and each team is different with their different philosophies. And hell, even the Phoenix Suns, even though the Suns, you know, they got Kevin Durant, who's a generational player, where you can literally plug him in all other 29 teams and he'll just be fine. You know, he's going to be able to get his and he's going to be able to figure it out because all he want to do is just hoop. But as far as... Being able to punt some games away, which I said that the the the, the Mavericks were going to punt some games away, just because they had to get together, figure some things out. But I damn, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Um, I didn't know it was going to be to the point where they weren't going to they weren't going to miss the playing games. Like, ugh, that's not good. So I don't know. Like Mark Cuban can 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 fire and get rid of as many people as he want, but at the end of the day, this is a thousand percent his fault. You can't blame this on Luca. You can't blame this on number two. You can't even blame this on J Kid. J Kid working with what he got, and it is what it is. But it, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of look at the whole situation, and I just laugh a little bit. But that is that. But anyways. We need to talk about this baseball stuff. And I know a lot of y'all don't watch baseball, but baseball is probably, you know, it's one of my sports that I really like to just watch. And I tell everybody this all the time, man. Fellas, if you want a date, man, you think of a spot to go to, take your girl out on the baseball game, man. It's dope. 
If you like sports, a little bit of action. If it's no action, you can sit there and talk to your girl. You got food. You got good weather. And it's just a good place just to vibe out and just chill. You know, it's slow. It's a good way to explain things. But one thing that I did notice um, is that baseball is trying to speed things up. You know, the, the baseball, one of the, 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 the cool things about baseball, what they took pride on was the fact that they, they, they said that there's no clock. There's no time in baseball. You know, this is a game that doesn't have a start time. And, you know, if an inning lasts an hour, then it lasts an hour. But baseball this year has made some changes where they are trying to speed up the game where now there is a pitching clock. I think pitchers got to be able to get the pitch off in 30 seconds. The batter can only batter can't call timeout anything under eight seconds. Um, there's no more shifts uh, shifts with the infield shifts where now all four infielders have to have both feet in the dirt um, and, and a couple of other nuances. But those are the most the biggest ones. I like I said I went to the base, I went to the Giants Yankees game in New York one. It's opening day and the Giants opening up in New York in, in Yankee Stadium is a once in a lifetime event. I couldn't miss that for the world. Which two? I didn't realize it was hella people from the Bay Area that went out there. So shout out to y'all in the Bay for making that trip out there. But two, I was talking to my boy Sergio. We was at the game and he's I would say he's a baseball historian. So I'm sitting there chopping it up with him and the game ends. We're leaving. We're leaving the stadium. And, we, you know, we're talking about the game. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, with the rule changes, did you feel like the game? How did you feel about the game? Did you feel like it was sped up? Uh, was it slow? Was it fast? What did you think about it? And he said that he felt like the game was a little rushed. Um, he can definitely tell from maybe a game, a couple, maybe from last season all the way up until today. And I said, man, really? Because I felt like it was pretty much the same outside of the couple of pitching violations, whether it was the batter not getting in the box in time, which would then be a strike, or the pitcher not getting the pitch off in time, which would be a ball. Um, There was a couple of those that took place in the game. But for the most part, I didn't feel like there was much of a of a of a difference. And he said, yeah, there there was. So I I talked to my other homie uh, who went to the Astros home opener and I asked him the same question. I said, hey, man, um, did you feel like the game was rushed? And he said, yeah, for sure, for sure. He definitely felt like the game was rushed and it's a lot faster. And I was like, man, I must be under a rock. But I say all to say that baseball wanted to speed the game up. Here's my thing. Who the hell asked for it? <laughs> because the people that are complaining that baseball was too long and this and that, they not even going to watch it. You know what I'm saying? So you guys catered to a crowd of people that were complaining about why they don't watch baseball with the expectation that they were going to watch baseball. That's a little weird. And the fact that you guys were saying that you, the, the, the average fan for baseball, I think is like 58 years old and that they can't attract any young fans. Well, newsflash dummies, young people ain't watching sports at all. They're not. (laughs) There's a study out here that says, I believe the NBA there's not enough people watching basketball because all of the millennial or Gen Z kids, they prefer to just watch highlights. I think NBA has the most followers on TikTok and IG because all the young little people want to do is just pull out the little phones, watch somebody dunk, watch somebody hit a home run, and then that's that. They don't want to sit through the journey of watching the opening tip until the end of the game. It's the same thing with baseball. So, who asked for it? Like, okay, Theo Epson, you're supposedly the smartest person in baseball, one of the smart people, but you're catering. You're 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 saying that you're going to speed the game up for some people that ain't even going to watch the game. 
I because I will watch a baseball game. Did I think that there was a couple? Were there a couple of different things that they, they could have changed? Yeah, for sure. One. How about we pay some damn like what? Here's the thing that I don't understand. Baseball hitting coaches are probably the number one job that you can go literally go to the job, go to work, clock in, and do absolutely nothing. There's no way you can tell me that hitting coaches are doing anything. Because if you were, you'd have taught these dumbass players how to bunt, how to play pepper when these stupid shifts was out there. Okay? Now the fact that they they, they are enabling players to um, having all four four infielders play in the dirt because the players couldn't couldn't hit around the shift. Well, I just watched the Japanese uh, national team in the World Baseball Classic play around the shift, and they figured it out because they don't use no dumbass analytics. Okay, what are we doing here? Like the hitting coaches are by far that is the only job that I know in America right now that you can go in, collect a check, and not do nothing because they're not teaching them. They, they can't be. You can't tell me. That a hitting coach is teaching these players how to hit. Because if I'm looking at five people on one side of the field, guess what, playboy? I'm laying down a bunt, B. I'm laying a bunt down. Why they ain't doing it, I don't know. Doesn't make sense. But analytics is probably killing baseball more than anything. Two, there's no common sense, man. So I, I watch baseball. Does it just make me say that I'm not going to watch baseball? No, nah, I'm going to watch a lot of baseball this season. I'm going to definitely cover a lot more baseball just because... Um, the last couple of years, I really haven't like I have when I first got on the airwaves. So I'm definitely going to talk more baseball this year. I think that there are a lot of different cool little storylines. Like I said, the rule changes. Apparently, they are cutting the, the average game right now is down to about two hours, little about two hours and forty five minutes from three oh six, three hours and six minutes. So you're cutting the game by about twenty some odd minutes, which is, I mean, cool. But also at the same time, I'm trying to be if I pay my money, I want three hours of action. Like you pretty much almost get about. Two and a half hours of NBA. You definitely get three hours of football. Like, why can't, you know, I want three hours of my, I want my money's worth. So, that's that. You ain't hearing nobody in the in the NFL talking about the games too long. But, that's neither here or there. But, I did I did see that baseball's back. Like I said, I went to a couple of games. I went to a game this weekend. It was really, really dope. Do I like the rule changes? I mean, oh, it's here. It ain't going away. Um, I'd be shocked that they just do this as a one-year experiment and it just goes to kaputs next year. But I am also interested in seeing how, like, what's Aaron Judge going to do this year? Um, is he going to be able to run back all of those home runs again, which he is already, I think he's already got two home runs in four or five games, if they've even played that many games. But he's got four, two home runs. I want to see what the Yankees are going to do. Can they uh, finally get over the hump of beating the Houston Astros, which the Astros look like they're probably better than ever? Um, Astro fans, don't panic. Like, take it easy. You can't be winning every home opener every year. I know there's some crazy stat that they haven't lost a home opener in the last 10 years, but take it easy. It's it's okay. It's fine. Um, what are the Angels going to do? Do the Angels trade Shohei Otani, who's probably the biggest ticket, or are they just going to let him walk for free agency this year? Um, because... It's safe to say, outside of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, they don't really have anything else that they can really work with. Um, but yeah, um, Oakland A's, are y'all going to get more than two people to show up to y'all's games? Same thing with y'all, Tampa Bay. Y'all going to get more than two people to show up to y'all home games? Because I saw the pictures of the Angels versus the A's on opening day in Oakland, which has a huge Japanese 
community in the Bay Area, to include San Jose and San Francisco. And I saw about four people that showed up to that game that Shohei was pitching. Come on, y'all. You mean to tell me that y'all can even show up to see your own countrymen play? Come on, man. And them tickets is free. You know, them tickets is free. Come on, man. What are we doing? Um, <coughs> Excuse me. The San Diego Padres. Yes, y'all. With all them 14 shortstops y'all got, what y'all going to do? Uh, Fernando Tatis will be coming back later on this year. Uh, what are y'all going to do with him? The New York Mets, which I didn't know until this weekend that the Mets colors were the orange and blue was because of the Dodgers and the Giants leaving New York that when they created the Mets, that's the colors that they chose was in as a tribute to the Dodgers and the Giants. Learn something every day. I didn't know that. That's kind of a cool story. Um, the Mets, y'all spent over two, you know, almost a billion dollars on y'all payroll. Y'all going to make it out the first round? Y'all going to make it out the wild card this year? And yeah, it'd be kind of a disappointment if y'all didn't even get to at least the the, the National League Championship Series. But y'all might want to kind of figure that out, man. Just saying. Philadelphia Phillies, can y'all make it back to the World Series this year? I don't know. We'll see. But we got a lot of different storylines. And my beloved Giants, man. Hey, man, I just want y'all to finish. Win, win 80 games for me. I, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take 80 games. Just just win 80 games. Uh, not playoffs. Just just be a respectable team out there and just don't be out here getting smoked. Um, but, you know, that's just my own personal uh, request. But, yeah, we got a lot of good things in baseball. And I think baseball will be fine. Um, I, I'm really, really looking forward to the season. I'm going to be going to a lot more baseball games this season. I think I already got two more games in the next few weeks that I'll be going to, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. One for sure, and I think about another two. So, yeah, definitely hitting up a lot more baseball this season while we'll be covering NBA playoffs. But before we get up out of here, like I said, once again, my name is Eric Compton. You are listening to the Sports Business Podcast, available on all platforms. So, like I said, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure you tell a friend. Tell all your friends about me. But if we get up out of here, we definitely do the Dummy of the Day um, on the show. And the Dummy of the Day was, and then we talked about it earlier today, was all y'all people that were chastising Angel Reese. Doing the G-Unit, Tony Ayo, you can't see me. The John Cena, you can't see me. Her pointing her ring, uh, pointing to her ring in reference to a championship ring to Caitlin Clark. Y'all out here chastising her, but y'all weren't keeping that same energy when Caitlin Clark was out here just shooing off the girl in South Carolina when and didn't even go out to guard her because she didn't want to guard her. All of y'all that are chastising Angel Reese, why? Why? Because, one, Kelly Clark was on, I want to say Angela Rye's podcast today, and she brought up the fact that she was cool with it. Like, y'all are doing more complaining about Angel Reese than the person she was talking cash to. Y'all are defending the player and Caitlin Clark, who seemed to be cool with it. Ain't that a little weird, y'all? Ain't that a little weird? Oh, I know why. I know why. I know exactly why. It's because... 
she's not as light as Caitlin Clark? Hmm. Interesting. Or is it because she didn't do it as gracefully as Caitlin Clark? Because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Steph Curry last year out here doing this new thing called the 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 night night thing where he was folding his hands up and telling people good night because he was eliminating players? Wasn't he out here shimmying across Chris Paul? And then like two years later, I think when Chris Paul went to Houston, he was out here shimmying. Or what about in the Super Bowl when Antoine Whitfield Jr. threw up the peace sign to Tyreek Hill when they were murdering the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in the Super Bowl and Antoine hit Winfield hit him with the deuces like Tyreek Hill does when he goes off for a touchdown, throws up the deuces because everyone's faster than him. Are we okay with males being cocky or are we a little scared that females can talk mad cash to each other and it just doesn't look good? I'm trying to figure this one out because if anything, we got players to market. We got players that are showing personality. There's not these, you know, these, 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 these women are okay. They don't need us to be out here defending what they doing because y'all don't be doing the whole defending when it comes down to these male athletes. So keep that same energy. These are feet. These are athletes just like our, their male counterparts. They are athletes. They are, they have the right to draw back and forth to each other. They have the right to, 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 to show one up. But if y'all really want to talk about sportsmanship, um, that weirdo coach that looked like something from the seventies disco ball, uh, Kim Mulkey for LSU. Y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing to her when she was out here putting her hands on the officials during that game. Y'all ain't saying nothing about her being bad sportsman, being putting on the bad sportsmanship, uh, 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 antics, which she's known to do on more than one occasion. Y'all don't want to talk about that though. So all you weirdos out here talking all this cash about Angel Reese, take it easy, man. It ain't that serious. It's just a game. Y'all took this into a whole nother level. And this is why I didn't really bring up the whole race situation because I looked at it like this. Some of y'all some sore losers. I come from here when I was deployed. If you played Madden and you lost, you had to dig your dog on, put your, dig your controller and put it in a grave. You literally had to dig a hole and put your control in there if you was playing me in Afghanistan. That's like you probably don't want to play with me then. Because guys, I'ma talk I'ma talk all the joint junk, junk I can. I'ma talk all the trash I can because there's in my mind I'm the best at what I do. And until somebody knocks me off my square, can't nobody tell me otherwise. So let these females do what they want to do, y'all. Let them talk mad cash to each other. Clearly, y'all liked it because there was over to about about nine point seven million people that watched it. Y'all liked it, and it's gonna be even more people that are gonna start watching it too. I will say this: those nine million people that have been watching it, let's move that over to the WNBA this season because there's a lot of different cool storylines in there as well. So, just keep that same energy. Like, there's no reason for y'all to be weird, man. Stop being weird. Stop. These are female athletes. They're allowed to have show personality. They're allowed to toss trash talk to each other. It's all good. Caitlin Clark seemed to be cool with it. And I'm pretty sure Caitlin Clark is somewhere right now. Pissed off that she has to wait all year long to run it back so that she can do that same thing. And if and when Caitlin Clark does have the opportunity to do it and she does it, make sure I keep that same energy too if you plan on doing this. 
Like I said, you listen to the Sports Business Podcast. I am Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. You can also email the show. Email me. Let me know what's the most rambunctious trash talking you've ever seen done in a sporting event. Email me. I like to hear y'all stories. Like I said, we do the show once a week. We will do this next week on our regular scheduled time. Until then, peace and blessings. We are out. <laughs>